It is the Frank and Friends show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy, joined by an extremely special guest, my very, very, very special friend, one of my greatest friends in the world, from his nation's capital, ladies and gentlemen, Gene Bean Baxter. Hey, Frank Murphy, how are you, my friend? How are you? I don't have your applause sound effect, but it doesn't matter, I can pretend. Of course you have it. <laughs> if somebody had come up to us when we were new friends back in the mid-1980s and said, yeah. oh, in the year 2022, you're going to be living in Tennessee, Frank. Bean, yes. you're going to be living in London, England, and you guys are going to be doing a video podcast. We would have said, what the hell is a podcast? What? I mean, <laughs> exactly. What, what are we talking about here? We only know, know. radio. But here we are all these years later finding our way, Frank. It's it's very exciting, and thank you and for And you have me. a hugely successful podcast called A Cup of Tea and a Chat. Well, your definition of hugely successful very different from mine, but it does pay some bills, and I enjoy it very much, and I and I, I love doing it. I really do. It. Mine so pays much no bills. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore. But you've you've figured out a way to invite lovely accomplished ladies over to your house several times a week, and I have it to give you credit out. for that. I'm doing all yes. of mine remotely, but all the all the ladies are coming to hang out with you. It is unbelievable. Uh, it you is. know, uh, Catherine Frady is very busy. She's yes. the executive director of Marble City Opera, and they have a world premiere coming up in just a few days on uh, February 24th, 25th, 26th. Mm -hmm. And um, so she's got rehearsals and things and all this business and is telling me, oh, I, I missed a day of recording. I can't come over. I said, you know, it is called Frank and Friends. That's why I've got the sign behind me that says yes. the Frank and Friends show. And I've got my friend Bean who was just right. on with uh, your episode number 200 and you did it like this, like a video right. Zoom. And I thought, that's fantastic. Well, and I'll tell you, um, we don't do very much on video. I'm really impressed, Frank. Well, first of all, I'm very impressed with the podcast and I am a legitimate subscriber and a fan and I urge oh, everybody you. everybody to, uh, obviously you're listening and watching this one, so I probably don't have to convince you, but tell your friends that Frank's show is very entertaining. I think we'll get some new people sampling because of you. Frankly. I hope so, I hope so. And let's face it, that's what being a podcaster is all about, is your goal is to go on lots of other podcasts so that you're introduced to their audience and hope that yeah. a little of that shine rubs off on you. But I, I will say that I'm so impressed with how good your videos look, how professional they look. And I was very nervous about this live episode 200 thing that we we uh, attempted this week because we just don't do video. We never do live. We have the, the, mm -hmm. the you know, we're able to record a show, edit it, put it out when we're happy with it, right? So it was a little butterfly. -y, I got to be honest. And I think it ended yeah. up going okay. But the kids, Frank, and do you get this with your subscribers too? They love quote unquote listing to podcast, watching yeah. instead on YouTube. They really love it. And I guess it has well, a huge percentage of the podcast market. And that's something that I was aware of when I started this podcast. Um, you know, back in its its first version, it's season one, if you will, I did a little bit of research as to where folks are getting podcasts. And I was surprised that YouTube ranked so high. And then it occurred to me that my son and my daughter like to watch podcasts. And, you know, some of the hugest, biggest podcasters out there all have video streams. Right. I mean, we don't, we, we don't even think about it because we just see their clips all the time. And you think, wait a minute, how am I seeing their podcast? <laughs> how am I seeing their radio show? And that's, uh, a, that's, and because, that's another thing. Uh, and you saw the same data I did that those clips get shared so much more widely than audio yeah. only clips. It's just easy to pull something out right. and give people a flavor right. of the show. No, I, so I, put I definitely my, I put think my it's, it's the way to go. The it's camera. the way. You know, yeah, I decided we've got a camera. Of course, today we're just zooming on a on a laptop. But mm -hmm. normally I've got my little high def camera and we've got a little clip on microphones. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to be Regis. I want to be the Regis Philbin of East Tennessee. And I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> 
you know, you and I have known each other so long and have so many commonalities, Frank, that we could we could do like a three hour podcast if we wanted to. But I'm very busy, so we're not yes. going to have time to do that. But I do I, I do want to take this detour because you just brought up Regis Philbin's name, who is, in my opinion, and you could argue Bob Hope. But in my opinion, Regis is the consummate host of the 20th century. I think yes. he is everything. I think he's mm-hmm. the best that ever did it in all of the different things that he did. And I know that, you know, I had the opportunity to meet him and interview him a few times. You spent even more time with him than I did. Was it always a huge thrill for you? Like it was for me, like I, it was, oh, it was my heart Christmas was racing yeah. day for me when I got to be in the presence of Regis. And this is a man who was, I don't know, 80 or something. And it was still yes. like so exciting. Tell me about you and Reg. Well, the thing I love about Regis is that he failed at multiple projects and kept trying and finally didn't click until he was in his 50s, which, you know, you could easily argue that, oh, he was the co-host or the sidekick of the Joey Bishop show. And he had all these other game shows. So he certainly was known, but it wasn't Regis known yet. So right. he had multiple false starts, if you will, until he finally landed, you know, with Kathy Lee and then had the live show that really changed everything. So he's you know, midlife or even later. I guess he lived mm-hmm. to be 90, so yeah. it's right about there in the middle. And the other and, thing about him is you you got the impression, and we have a broadcaster, the equivalent of Regis here in the UK is a man named Terry Wogan, who's no longer with us, who's the biggest name in broadcasting here forever. Uh-huh. The, he's the one we all aspire to be. And they had such similarities in that there was no situation that you could put them in that they would not excel at. Yes. You could, I feel like you could take Regis and you could drop him in a NASCAR booth and he would do a great job of calling NASCAR. And yeah. he'd never been there before because he was just that good off the top of his head. And that's just something, right. you know, you it's can like practice. he wants to be a millionaire. I mean, right. He, he, we almost forget about that because to me, I'm focused on live with Regis and Kelly and live with Regis and Kathy Lee as the model for what I, the show I like to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, man, on, on the game show, it just, you, you never, you always felt like he had control and that's what you want in a host. You right. want the feeling that this guy is not going to drive the ship into the rocks Right. That we're going to make it across the sailing, you know, successfully. That's really what yep. it is. The key to being an MC, the key to being a host, is to put the audience at ease to the fact that we're not going to crash. Well, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we're in good hands. Rock. And we're going to have fun. And yeah. you, as much as any man in Knoxville, do that. You MC so many events every year, big events on stage, smaller yeah. events that people may not even know about. And you, I, I guess you're taking a page out of Regis's playbook because you have to be able to just go with whatever happens. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I an analogy, there's another um, broadcaster I've, I heard one time had a bad a, a night emceeing, and he kept referring to the show going off the rails. And I thought, you know... I'm, and then I got this visual picture of a railroad bridge going across the Tennessee River right outside Neyland Stadium. And I said, if that show goes off the rails, you're in deep trouble because you're in the water and everyone's dead. But <laughs> my show doesn't go on the, go off the rails because it never gets on the rails in the first place. I see hosting as driving a little jet ski across the same river. But, you know, and you zip along and there's certain buoys that you have to tag along the way and the order doesn't particularly matter. Oh, I got to hit the sponsors. Oh, yeah, I got to uh, thank the VIPs. I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got to touch all the bases. And then we got to get us across the river and everyone's fine. Thank you very much. Good night. Yeah. Well, you make you know, it look a easy. Different mentality. You make it look easy when you do it. Yeah. That's for sure. Because Aren't you have we... that built in, that flexibility built in. Aren't we terribly late to remind people about their Frank and Friends merchandise? I feel like that should have already we been are. on the show. We should by have now. said that right away, but yeah. I was so excited about Bean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the sign behind me is a lovely example of our Teespring merchandise, and you can get it the link across the bottom or 
such as this uh, beautiful shiny uh, coffee mug. Of course, I've got my hoodie and my other items. So we appreciate your supporting. That's actually the one way that this show actually does uh, help pay for the batteries that I go through. And the other uh, the other expenses is the little bit of uh, money we make on the merch. So I appreciate that. And well, I don't want to I don't want to brag, but I did buy the first ever T-shirt for this podcast. Let's I know. Not, let's I not know. forget that. You are you are customer number uno. And I was very impressed, not only with the, how great the shirt was, the quality of the shirt. It arrived, and I'm in Europe, and I think they have a distribution center here as well as in the United States. Yeah. And it arrived within just a few days. I was just so impressed and with the whole spring service. Yes. start using that company for your merch? Sure did. And our listeners have been very happy with them. So, yeah, yeah it's good stuff. And if there is a problem, they take care of you. So you don't have to worry about getting a shirt or a cup or whatever you like. Let me also work in a plug for uh, coming up this Saturday and Sunday, uh, excuse me, no, coming up this Friday and Saturday, I got my dates backwards. This Friday and Saturday is the Akima Cabaret, which raises money for dozens of local charities here in East Tennessee. So they sell tickets to this event and they're not cheap, but it's a great show. You get dinner and dancing and uh, a fantastic musical entertainment. This year's theme is the Roaring Twenties When Decades Collide. So they've got the stage divided up into two halves with the ladies and gentlemen singing about like, um, well, they take current songs like, or not current songs, songs, you know, like the theme from Friends mm -hmm. and maybe even YMCA or some pink songs. And they sing it in a style of the 1920s over here and in the style of the 2020s over here. And the two sides of the stage don't interact until the end of the show when the decades collide. And it's love, like post-pandemic in both situations. I love the idea of that. And I am also impressed now that we are 100 years past the Roaring Twenties. It's yeah. so amazing to me how many songs from that era people still know, songs yes. that are still popular. Like uh, uh, Rhapsody in Blue obviously comes to mind. I oh. just looked up a couple of others. Old Man River is a song that you know people oh, wow, yeah. people come across at some point in their life. The Wildwood Flower from the Carter family. I mean, there's just a lot of songs now that are celebrating their 100th anniversary, which is just remarkable to think about the staying power of those hits. Are they in public domain now? I guess some of them are. I think some of them are, yeah. But you can use something you can renew the, the copyright, I guess. Right, right, right. Oh, well, cool. Well, I, I'm going to go. My wife and I are going Friday night to the Akima Cabaret to see That's this. That's fun take on it. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And we do appreciate all of that, uh, all that help. Uh, you know, something else that is, we're recording this on the 30th anniversary being of the, the demise of our, one of our favorite stations, 105 W. AVA. Thank really? You. 30 years ago today, it switched format and it has switched to religion and has stayed religion all these years, right? Yeah. So religion years. longer than it was ever a pop station. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that was a big, that's where you and I met was working at right. WAVA, even though I knew who you were because I'd heard you on, um, WPGC and right. you and I worked at some of the same stations, uh, WYRE in Annapolis, WOHN in Herndon and, yeah. and maybe one other one, uh, it, but at different times. Um, but anyway, we both ended up at WAVA, yeah, we did. WAVA, I have to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> have you stayed in touch with a lot of people from that era? That's what I was going to mention is that uh, David Edgar, uh, oh. who really has taken on the, the mantle of the wave of remembrance, uh, posts the uh, final hour every year, the audio to it every year on Facebook and made a post wearing his WAVA t-shirt last night. And some of our friends like uh, Susan Cobran and Michelle mm -hmm. Snyder and a few others start chiming in on there. Oh, we should have a reunion. Oh, so that's why I bring it up is oh. I don't know how we can get you involved, Bean, but uh, there's there's whispers. And I guess this happens, you know, every five years or so. We should have a reunion of the old WAVA crew. While we're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing that David posted on Facebook this time, I'll have to do a screen grab and send it to you, was his 
intern journal from when he first started as a high school intern. And you're, you're in this first sentence, you know, is that he says, uh -oh. I went into the production room and met Chip and Gene, who were working on some kind of, um, I forget the name of the, the equipment, that like a Sonovox type thing that changes your voice and alters uh -huh. your voice. <laughs> I was, anytime anyone brings up, oh, I've got a story about you from the past, Bean, I'm always convinced this is my Me Too slash cancel moment yes. where somebody's going to come forward and say, well, he shouldn't have touched me under the desk. But thank goodness it wasn't that. It was just we met that day and everything was fine as far as That's why you're lucky you and I are still <laughs> friends because <laughs> – <laughs> right. The stories that I remember will stay unspoken. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I don't like the implication of that at all. So, Frank, I don't know if your subscribers will care about this. I don't think they've cared about anything we've said so far. But it's interesting you talked about posting that final hour of that radio station before the format switch. Talk about the hour that you and I produced that became yes. a perennial every year that we were so proud of. The one and only Frank and Beans or Beans and Frank's production, whatever we uh -huh. called it. I think it was Frank and Beans, yeah. Because it was funnier, yeah. Right. yeah. And uh, in the old days, you as the music director used to have to, when the daylight saving time ended and we went back to standard time, you have to add an extra hour of music into the log. Nowadays, the computers, I think, frankly, you know what I think they do? I think they just go back and replay the exact same hour. The, the computer doesn't know. I don't even think that they add an extra hour of music. Oh. It's like when the clock changes from two o'clock back to one o'clock, I think you just hear the exact same songs you just heard. No. To get it back on track. Yeah. That's a terrible idea. I know. <laughs> I but, agree. But in the but early days, it was so the, much better. In the early days of computing, you had to manually insert an hour because yes. the computer didn't understand a 25 hour day. I don't know why they should have built that into it. Right. So, and the overnight jock who pulled that shift had to mm -hmm. sit there and manually put the songs in every three minutes hit hit another one right yeah so we had the idea frank and i and i think it was a last minute idea this isn't something that we thought about like weeks in advance and did it was like uh, right. 24 hours ahead of time we said oh you, we need music you know what we should do let's do a whole hour of songs about the time yes and that's what and we we're did. working on it that weekend that last weekend in october mm -hmm. and you of course being the the music master had all of these things and i was coming up with the little blurbs that we could read like you know accredited uh, to benjamin franklin the daylight saving time was supposed <laughs> to help farmers which is the stupidest thing if you think about it yes farmers are the least the last ones to benefit the least likely to benefit <laughs> from time changing there are a lot of myths about how dst yeah. got started that's for sure but, but we, we were found, reading those. We found a ton of a ton of songs, and we really thought it was I, – I, we enjoyed – not that a soul heard it at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, well, but we enjoyed know, I, it. People, I remember myself uh, and staying up at my apartment in Alexandria to listen to it, not just that year, but in subsequent years. Mm -hmm. And um, I heard a few comments once in a while about oh, it. Okay. And every time I hear any of those songs yes. – And the other thing that you did, Bean, is at the beginning of the hour, we were, just had songs that were about not having enough time, uh, giving right. just a little more time. Right. And then by the end of the hour, it was too much time on my hands. Out of time. And, right. Yeah. Turn back the hands of time. All those kinds of songs. Yeah. yeah. Time oh, that was let fun. me. Yeah. Does does anyone you still work in commercial radio? I've been gone for a while, but does oh. anyone do stuff like that anymore? <laughs> Themes, theme shows like that anymore? Do you yeah, think? I think there are just specialty programs you get from a syndicator on the um, when I worked at a station that carried the Westwood One classic hits format, they would have theme weekends. And yeah. what they would do is they'd play, you know, like a foreigner theme weekend, which to me seems a little thin to, to stretch out that. But I guess they have enough hits that they could play two foreigner songs an hour all weekend long. Mm -hmm. And the repetition would hit, you know, like the every five hours you'd repeat. 
but the other ones like the Halloween weekend or the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. American Spirit weekend or the Sounds of Summer weekend. Yeah, you know. I love stuff can, like that. I that love would it. be, but it was just two songs an hour out of the out of the full rotation. Yeah. But, um, do you think any of your audience is interested in this, or is this just Radio Nerd 101? What do you think? Is it just David Edgar listening at this point? I hope David Edgar's listening at this point. I mean, yeah. that would be fantastic. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I mean, to me, it's interesting because we're talking about songs and talking about music and right. things people can relate to, which brings to mind one more topic that I, I didn't put on my list, but I'm supposed to on Friday night, this coming Friday night, I'm supposed to be a guest on a radio show called The Fun House. I'm switching beverages, by the way. I just oh, finished, cool. finished my right. tea. Now I've gone oh, right. this hot tea. Now I've gone to iced tea. So okay, I feel like coffee. we're about half, halfway through now. So now I'm ramping up. Good okay, point. go ahead. All right. The, what's um, the Fun House, Frank? The Fun House is a show on the college radio station, WUTK. And there's a couple of guys who I think have been on it since they were in college. And as far as I know, they've had this show the entire 20 years that I've lived in Knoxville. Wow. So oddly, they were coming up on the 30th anniversary of me moving to Los Angeles and the 20th anniversary of me moving to Knoxville. They both uh, fell in two years. Okay. You know? So anyway, I'm, these guys have had this show, The Fun House on WTK Friday nights. And they said, would you like to come on and be our special celebrity guest? And I said, sure. Why not? But then they emailed me and said, okay, just send us a list of the songs you'd like to play <gasps> while you're on. And I'm panicking because I don't have songs. I got nothing. <laughs> Remember the time I guessed it on your podcast and you said, pick a song. And I'm like, I got nothing. I don't have songs. I don't think about songs. I don't have songs stuck in my head. It's so weird. I don't listen to songs. That's so, it's so foreign to me. It would be like somebody telling me they don't watch television. Like I can't imagine a life without that kind of media. Yes, Either one I of mean, them, songs or television. They're both such an important part of my life. So I what, need some cool, hip songs that I can send to these guys. Well, I'm happy to send you some, but tell me more about the station, though. It's Is it a, a traditional college station in that every DJ who comes in kind of does their own? Someone does yes. a blues show, somebody does a grunge show, somebody does a Latin-flavored show, that sort of thing? Exactly. So you can, oh, exactly. so what's so what's your brand, would you say, Frank? Well, I, I got one. I thought of one song. Uh-huh. You remember how much I liked Buckwheat Zydeco back in the day? Yeah. And Mardi Gras is coming up close soon enough, and I'll be on what Friday, February twenty fifth. Right. And Mardi Gras is what March third uh, or fourth. First. Um, okay, for March first. So it's the last show before Mardi Gras anyway. Last. So I thought I'll play. I'll bring in Mati Feel by Buckwheat Zydeco, and it's like six minutes, so that counts as two or three songs. Well, yeah, you could do that. I mean, That's why don't you? Do. Why don't you do? Well, this is interesting that you should bring this up because you and Catherine actually talked about Mardi Gras on the last episode. Yeah. And I, I know that she hadn't been and she wanted to go. Have you been? Not not to Mardi Gras, no. The only times I've been to New Orleans, it was August. So you can imagine how hot and oppressive and uh, humid it was. Oh, I don't have to imagine. I lived it. <laughs> I, lived, I lived it. Of course, I know. Um, do a Mardi Gras theme. That would be so fun. I can't imagine people wouldn't get into that. You're in the South. Mardi Gras not that far away. People know about it. There's yeah, so many big, great, so many great songs. Mobile, Alabama has a huge Mardi Gras parade. The first, I think, and I heard you guys discuss that, and I was impressed that you guys they have knew a Dolly that, Parton float in that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, that's what I'm going to do then. I'm just Mardi gonna, Gras because I, I can think of a few other Zydeco songs that I've have. Actually, I have some Zydeco CDs. It's just I don't ever right listen. Yeah, and, and don't don't limit yourself to Zydeco. I mean, there's lots of great soul songs. There's oh, sure, Lots sure. of different kind of – I mean, obviously, Professor Longhair, his going to the Mardi Gras song, I think is the anthem of the whole city over right, Mardi I'll Gras. I will have to Google that. Oh, yeah, that's fan- – and I'm happy to send you some songs. 
Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what they want me to do is basically make a Spotify playlist. Because that's the easy easiest peasy. way to communicate the songs that, that to you them. You can just do search for Mardi Gras and a million playlists will come up and just pick and choose what you like. Right. I do want to say this because I, I lived in New Orleans for not long, only about three and a half years, but it really wormed its way into my heart. It's my favorite city I've ever lived in. And um, people do have not been to Mardi Gras, do have a misconception that it is all a free-for-all and it's nothing but just everybody in the world getting drunk yeah. and, and flashing their well, boobs. I, and all I got the... that impression from my friend Bruce Flammy, who went to Tulane University. He talked about yes. the gras and how yeah. um, it was like the amateurs come out to play. You know, yes. the hardcore partiers. Uh, are like like on Halloween or like on New Year's Eve, people do get out of control. And that's there's no question that there is a fair amount of that. Look, that's not made up, but that's the only Mardi Gras you see in the movies. The only mm -hmm. Mardi Gras is a half a million people crammed into the tiny French Quarter area, and it is just going crazy, right? Well, everything I know about New Orleans came from the movie The Big Easy starring Dennis Quaid. <laughs> okay, well, it's time to update your references. <laughs> So, but here's the thing I'll tell you as somebody who lived there is the Mardi Gras goes on all over the city. That's what it's like in, in, on Bourbon Street and in yeah, other parts of the, the French, French Quarter. Quarter. But if you, if you were to, if you're to lift your top expecting beads down where I lived, you'd get arrested. I mean, you were in the garden district, the garden district, right? Which is the the opposite. And down there, it's a family friendly event. You, no way. Family friendly. You bring out the kids, you go, you watch the floats. When we live there, we live three blocks from St. Charles Avenue, which is one of the huge parade routes. One of the most beautiful streets in America. Yeah, yeah. And where the St. Charles streetcar, the oldest continuously operating streetcar in the United States, still operates today. And we would walk up from our house at a quarter to seven every single night because the parades are not just a one-night thing. They go on for about a month, right? And every night we'd watch a different parade. And Get out of here. like I said, it's families, it's picnics, it's parties, it's everything. And it's a completely different event. It's so wonderful. And the people are so friendly. They're friendly year-round. But at Mardi Gras, Frank, and I know this because it's happened to me. You can be walking down the street and somebody will be have a huge crawfish boil out on the sidewalk in front of their house and everyone's welcome. How do Help you yourself. boil a huge crawfish? Do you have to get an extra large pot? Why don't you just call it a lobster? Because it's not one crawfish. It's hundreds oh. of crawfish. <laughs> you said you were boiling a huge, a huge crawfish. And I right. Thought... <laughs> I mean a, a crawfish boil, right. All right. And oh my gosh, that's a flavor, man. When you get hooked on that, you move away from New Orleans and man, do you miss being able to have some crawfish. And of course it's got potatoes, it's got corn and everything. But the point is everybody shares and everybody's welcome. And it's just, it's such a beautiful festive atmosphere. Oh, that's nice. It's nothing like it. I, if you if you get the chance to be in New Orleans at Mardi Gras, and as you pointed out, August, not a great time to be in that the yeah. Gulf South. This time of year, great time to be there. Beautiful weather. I like it. All right. Well, then I, my wife wants to go. Yeah. Um, and every year that we've talked about going to New Orleans during her spring break, uh -huh. um, you also would always be out of town. Like the three years you lived in New Orleans, like, Bean, we've got mid-March right around <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. And you're like, no way. <laughs> I'll be in that was, Europe. <laughs> that was always a regular vacation on the radio show I used to do is that's when. And by the way, that was because I didn't want to have anything to do with St. Patrick's Day. No offense to your people, but I, yeah. they always wanted to do some sort of a live show on St. Patrick's oh, Day. Sure. at some bar and i was like i gotta miss that so i'm just gonna take vacation then so what i don't have to be do there is go go over to dublin for st patrick's day because i understand that's just as gross and just as messy as yeah. french quarter mardi gras yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah i'm sorry we didn't get a chance to see each other in person in new orleans but i think i came up to see you at least a couple of times oh you did and, yeah. and in fact after we i'm gonna do the commercial here but i think i need to get you to come back over here because i can't believe 
that I've not taken you to any of the numerous pancake houses in Sevier County, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. And that's why it's Pancake Central. It's the got, it's got to be the pancake capital. You know, and I'm going to rub me, it in. You got me I'm where gonna, it hurts because you know I'm a pancake enthusiast, and I'm having a lot of trouble finding what you and I consider delicious American style pancakes oh, here, here in Europe. It's they, well, it's just, I'm going to have to get wait, involved in this. We're a crepe nature, nation, really, is what we yeah, are. Crepes. My wife likes crepes. They're okay. And by the way, uh, Mardi Gras, March 1st, is also Pancake Day. It's Shrove Tuesday. It's Shrove also Tuesday, Pancake yeah. Day here in the UK, which is a huge thing. And it's, lots of restaurants have pancake specials. It's an old tradition to use up those ingredients before because you couldn't eat them on Ash Wednesday because you're supposed to be fasting. So you'd mm -hmm. use up some of the leftover ingredients. All right. What um, commercial are we doing, Frank? Well, we're doing Maureen's Barn House, which is better known as the Middleburg Barn sure. outside Washington, D.C., and I don't know uh, if you and I both DJed many wedding events over our time. Um, I used to actually go out to Middleburg and DJ events for, there was some private girls school that I would go really? DJ their senior formal or something like that. But since all of those days, my friend Maureen, who used to work at WAVA and then worked at NPR, mm -hmm. uh, now has this barn. She has the Fox Chase Farm with horse jumping and horse shows and horse activities. And uh, you, you like horses, right? I'm not as big a horse fan as I am a cow fan, but I certainly appreciate them. And I have a lot of friends who are very into the horsey lifestyle. Well, she's got dogs and swans also. So you can go look at them. The swans yeah. are named Fred and Ginger. I've heard. And they're, they're, they're vicious. But uh, just about 50 miles west of Washington, D.C., right there on Route 50 in Middleburg, Virginia. You can get there easily from Dulles Airport and rent out the place. She built it. Um, I think it's only been about four or five years ago, but she had it built in the old style, the mortise and tenon. So there's no nails in this barn. Mm. It's like the tongue and groove. The whole mm. barn is held together in a very solid fashion, but it has the most up-to-date HVAC system where it uh, ultraviolet lights clean the air. And she's got the Swarovski crystal chandeliers. She calls it rustic luxury so that you could rent it out for a wedding reception, a fundraiser. I mean, I want Catherine to go up there and do an opera, for example. I think sure. that would be cool. Um, in fact, if we had a WAVA reunion, I should get Maureen on the phone and say, hey, Maureen, um, why don't we come, why don't you uh, put us at the barn for this, or at least part of the barn That's for this WAVA idea. reunion? That's a great idea because I, I bet a lot of those people still live in the D.C. area, so it'd be yeah. convenient. And who yeah. wouldn't want to come to the rustic luxury of Maureen's barn? Right. So um, you can call call my friend Maureen, area code 540-687-5255. Or look it up at themiddlebergbarn.com. Fun fact, you mentioned swans. You know, here in the United Kingdom, all the swans are owned by the queen. The only reason I know that is because I heard you say it on your podcast, A Cup of Tea in a Chat. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry I couldn't bring you a new fun fact. No, no, no. I, I was I'm working in. That was a great opportunity for me to plug that <laughs> Gene Bean Baxter, a cup of tea and a chat with Allie and Bean, is our very special guest on today's episode. Yes. In case you're wondering, why does Catherine look so ill? It's not her. It's me this time. <laughs> um, she, like you, is half American, half British. So I you've heard got that, that in common. Yes. Her mother is British and her father is Texan. I, I have a North Carolina father and a British mom. So there's so a lot of commonality gotcha. there. Yeah. I, do want, I do want to mention, you're kind to plug the show, is we are a Patreon show for our favorite subscribers, but we also do put out a free weekly sampler, and you can find that everywhere you get podcasts. So if you want to get a flavor for what the show is like with my wonderful colleague, Ally McKay, who I worked with back in the days on the radio, another radio station that you and I worked at together, K-Rock. 
KROQ. Uh, we've been doing the show now for about uh, 16 months or so. And like I said, it's free to check out on all the regular podcasts. I'll put a link you can in the description. Then you can just, thank you, Frank. Then you can decide if you'd like to hear more of that nonsense. Go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. So yeah. It's very reminiscent. I mean, I, you put a tweet out the other day thanking everyone who worked with you on KROQ. And thank you for including me in that. But I'm now seeing, because you included me in it, the responses from your fans who talk about how much they miss the old Kevin and Bean show. And uh, to me, the, the, the Alien and Bean show is very reminiscent of the type of stories, the type of humor, the type of disgusting <laughs> weirdness that sometimes, like, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the teeth. Oh, the teeth. Oh. Oh, <laughs> the, the kid the kid with 500 plus teeth in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that was Once something you... wrong. It was a, a, some kind of surgery had to ensue. Yeah. yeah, but those kind of weirdo stories that mm. uh, very much remind me of the old Kevin and Bean show. Well, I mean, maybe there's some sort of commonality, some sort of factor that might you. indicate why <laughs> why that show would be similar to this show and same on the same topics. I can't. And think. the oh, it's exactly you is what I'm trying to point out. <laughs> it's the audio drops. It's the the sense of humor. The look at the world. It is, and I'm sure you have this too, especially since you've been in Knoxville for a long time and on Knoxville radio for a long time. It is humbling to see how many of your listeners who then become quote unquote fans and follow you from place to place. And still, still are there with you, still in the audience today. I mean, it really is, like I said, such I a humbling feeling. Maybe two, two people. Oh, maybe. you're selling yourself short. No, no. Right. There's this one guy who, um, he, he was such a nice guy and such a nice fan that when uh, my position was eliminated from a station, he called the receptionist and she must have thought that we were pals in real life because she gave him my cell phone number. Nice. That's what so you now, want. That's what yeah. you want from the person who answers the phone is just willy nilly handing out your personal details. <laughs> so she, he now texts me almost every day, either about a song he heard me play on 104.9 Lake FM no. or like, oh, I heard the Beatles. I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> I played the Beatles. That would be accurate. Um, wow. Good for you. Good but, you on told, you. but you told a story with Catherine recently about going someplace and your name had yeah. value because this kid and her mom had kind of grown up listening to yes. you as they were taking taking her to school and everything like that. I mean, that does that, happen, especially yeah. in, in Sevier County, where people recognize me from uh, the old Star 100.1 days because I was on that show for eight years. Right, uh, right. And the kid, if they were in a you know preschool or I'm not preschool. I mean middle school or high school uh they're now you know grown in their 20s late 20s and it's kind of that odd thing where they're running this some business in in gatlinburg and they're like wait you're the guy from i i remember from middle school i'm 27 now <laughs> <laughs> well the radio show that i did in los angeles that you were a part of for a few years as you know ran for three Three. i was there for 10 percent. <laughs> yes so it ran for 30 years so you can imagine how often i hear from people who yes. by the way my co-host Allie started listing in elementary school. Okay, how weird is that? And she's now a, a grown she woman. That's what she, well, I believe her. She's a Los Angeles native, right? But we hear stories like that all the time from people you just can't believe that we've been lucky enough to be yes. in their ear holes for this long. It really is. Oh, yeah, because you get celebrities who tune in to a Los Angeles. You forget that celebrities are regular people who have to get up and drive themselves to the studio at – six, seven, eight in the morning. And that's mm -hmm. mind boggling that a break, you know, this famous people do things, you know, I mean, uh, it's, <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> a mean, good analysis. Many celebrities, many celebrities have that story where, where they're driving to work and, and no one can believe that they drive themselves, you know, or they go pick up their own dry cleaning and it's just mind boggling right. to the person on the other side of it. Like, wait, why are you doing this instead of your staff? 
Yeah, I think, people, staff. I think, yeah, people do have a very warped idea of what it's like to be famous. And I'll tell you something else. I don't think you want to be famous. I think if you can avoid being famous, go for yeah. the rich and accomplished part. Skip oh, the fame good. part. That's what that's you good. need to do. Well, I've got neither going for me, although uh, I'll tell you, I do <laughs> feel a little bit of it. Actually, now the same guy who texts me, I heard the Beatles, will also text me about the East Tennessee PBS Scholars Bowl. Oh, yeah. You're... So he'll text me and say, wow, Benji's really tearing it up tonight. One of the kids from Hardin Valley, and I, I'm thinking, and if I'm not home, I'm like, uh, yeah, we recorded these episodes in October and November, right? Right. And they're showing them, so I try to watch when the new episodes air. In your in your goal to become Regis Philbin for the 21st century, though, this Scholars Bowl, I think, is an important job for you. This yeah, is exactly I, the direction you want to go, right? It is hosting it is. on television is great. I think I think this is probably. I mean, really, I mean, I wish it. I'm not going to make Regis kind of dollars, but of all the things, if you had to pick one thing and put it, you know, first in my obituary, I probably would say, you know, go ahead and put Scholars Bowl host first, because I work hard at it to learn the information so that when the kids set out to say the answer, I know instantly if they're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be looking on the paper necessarily. I've, I've absorbed the information enough right. to understand, oh, wait, no, that's close, but it's not correct. So I can't say yes. There's a difference between the right answer and and yeah. what you've said, that kind of thing. I would imagine all this work you've done with Scholars Bowl must help you with your crossword puzzling too, because you've oh, learned absolutely. a lot of stuff oh, you ordinarily so would not have come across. Yes, it does. In fact, I've I've done on I mentioned it on the show a few times. There'll be some word or some answer, and the kids say you don't know it, and I'll just say, well, it's a common crossword puzzle. You'll know it in a few years. You know, like, <laughs> a common crossword answer. Speaking of crossword puzzles, Frank. I need your opinion on this. All right, I love crossword puzzles. I know you do. Are you are you wordling also? Are you doing any no, wordling? No, I am. Um, I I did I did not get on the wordle early because I've got my crossword puzzle. It's my thing. I'm satisfied. I do the New York Times crossword puzzle every day. I've got a streak of 1,700 days or whatever it is. Four years I've been doing it, and I'm. I, it's enough. I get my um, itch scratched by yeah. that. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Do you post how you do on your crossword? I, I feel like I I've seen you do to. a couple of times. A couple of times you've said I did it in five and a half minutes or whatever right. like that. You kinda... But now, now I realize the error of my ways. Okay. Now I because re- I'm with you on this. I have been telling Facebook to hide Wordle every time someone posts their Wordle. I say hide post, and I am filled with remorse for the times that I said showing off. Mm. Oh look at me! I've got 500 days in a row of New York Times crossword, or a thousand days in a row, mm. um, and now I'm up to much higher than that. I think the last time I made this mistake was pre Wordle, of course, and it was the first time I did the Monday puzzle in maybe under five minutes. I'd finally. Try. I mean, your Monday puzzles are pretty easy, mm-hmm. but I'm um, usually it takes me about six minutes to do it. And if I could get down, I was trying to get down, you know, five and a half. Uh, I think I finally got to four fifty nine. I'm like, ah! <laughs> got to share, <laughs> got to share that. That was a big deal for me. I get that, but I I don't understand the people who are posting their Wordle scores. It's not just that it's annoying to me. I think they're psychopaths. I really do. I think some of them need to be arrested and possibly locked up and maybe deported. Am I going too far? Um, well, the genius apparently is how easy it must be to share your Wordle score so that the, the temptation is too great to not do it. Right. And you see others doing it. So you get into that group mind. Right. But where's, maybe... the, but where's the part in the human brain that goes, wait, no one cares about this, right? I mean, why, why is that not front and center before you hit well, post? And that's because as a non-Wordle player, I'm trying to look at these sometimes and figure out what are they talking about? And 
you know, the, the key is, oh, look, I got it in one try. What a lucky guess I am. Uh-huh. So the only people who can relate to that are the ones who also know that day's word. Right. You know, and right. maybe I got it if you got it in two tries, three tries or whatever. You know, the only people who relate to it are your other fellow Wordle players. So there needs to be a separate part of social media where it's just you, you group in. I, I don't want to say concentrate them into a, an area because <laughs> <laughs> that would be very, very wrong. Yes, but, I see where you're headed. Yeah, I think that may be incarcerate that may be them. Too, I mean, uh, right, put them in exactly. Facebook jail. I don't know really well, what the right word would be for that. I know that there are a lot of other issues in the world that are more important. I'm not pretending there aren't, but I do feel like something needs to be done. I do. I don't know who. I don't know who needs to do it, but something needs. Well, to the be New York done. Times bought the Wordle. And apparently got everybody mad because I subscribe, I follow the New York Times wordplay on Twitter Uh because they'll have comments about the crossword puzzle. And apparently everyone's streak got blown on Wordle. And the instructions were, well, you must go back to the original Wordle website, go to the old URL, log in, and then it will redirect you to the New York Times and your streak will be restored. And I feel their pain because uh, after one glitch or another somewhere along the way, um, I thought I'd lost my streak and I had to contact tech support and get them to fix it. To oh, make I hope sure. you wrote a strongly worded letter. Oh, yeah. I have to, they had to uninstall, reinstall, and you know, <laughs> log out, log in. <laughs> well, I guess uh, the Wordle players don't know whether it's still going to continue to be free like it is now. So everybody's just kind of waiting for that word. From New- New York it Times. said in the press release that New York Times is going to keep it free. Oh, okay. I mean, the answer was in the press release. I read it. Um, I don't know that it, most people did, but yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so that's their plan is just to use it and, and then maybe they'll add ad, put ads on it. Because otherwise, why buy it if they're not charging to play it? There's got to be some advantage to the times to own it. Well, if you can get all of those people into becoming um, New York Times wordplay sub- fans, you may then be able to entice them because they have this one called Spelling Bee and they have, of course, the crossword puzzle and they have the, the mid-size, the mini-size, all these different types of word games. So they might figure they can got this huge Wordle audience and right. get 10% of them to start to pay to subscribe. I pay for the New York Times crossword puzzle. In fact, whoa, I, like, I like it whoa. so much. My wife. Frank, you don't pay for anything. You I must know. love this crossword puzzle. I wow. actually, I, sometimes I hate it. You sometimes subscribe I love to, to hate something. It. I know. I bought I bought it, and then my wife bought one for herself. So we have two subscriptions to this crossword puzzle. I don't even know you guys anymore. This is Terrible. shocking. This is absolutely shocking. Well, I don't know what's wrong with me. My grandfather used to do the crossword puzzles. Maybe I'm turning into him. I got, I don't know. You're right though. You're right. This is not me. This is, this is just wrong. It's wrong in every sense of the word. We used to joke back in the K-Rock days when you were our producer that if we went out to lunch with you, you would sit as long as it took Mm -hmm. to make sure that somebody else picked up the check. Absolutely. (laughs) If you were there all day. You yeah, would never break and go, you know what? We got to go. So I'm going to go ahead and pick this one up. You would just wait us out. <laughs> Very impressive, <Sure>. Frank. <laughs> well, but I think I, I maybe I mentioned this to you or somebody once before that I came from the school of the Don and Mike show where they would order us to go to breakfast with them. Mm. You know, in fact, I think I told you I had to call the Chinese restaurant across the street and get them to open early for Don and Mike <laughs> to be to come over in their celebrity and uh, and have Chinese food at 1030 in the morning. And they always picked up the check, which to me seemed reasonable because I knew how much they were. They knew how, that I knew how much they were making. Right. And they also said, you need to come with us because this right. is the only meeting we're going to have. Right. Um, and then we're not going to see you again until tomorrow morning. 
So yeah, it was for play the cashew chicken. It was worth it for them to pay for the cashew chicken to have all of this other, you know, business taken care of. And that's my old, my mentality all along. And even, even Jay Thomas, when I worked with him, if we went out to Shea New over in uh, uh, Toluca Lake or wherever a f- it was. fancy Hollywood actor, so he went to yeah, the fancy places, right? Yeah, he would he would pay, yeah. I think we're out of time, by the way. I think, I we, think so, yeah. we got to wrap it up because I have, uh, I have people coming over for dinner. I've still got to take my dogs to the walk. But let me just say this, and maybe no one will be interested, but I think this is a fun fact. And you know I love fun facts. I you, kn- you know this already. The house that I lived at in New Orleans, in the Garden District, Camp Street between 8th and 9th was previously owned by Jay Thomas, by self-same Jay Thomas. It's mind-boggling. the house from him. I went all the way to New Orleans to shop around, found a house that I loved. I'm walking through it with the realtor, and I see on the wall a miniature version of the Hollywood Walk of Fame star, and I get a little closer, and it's Jay Thomas. Jay Thomas. And I said to the realtor, I said, you're not going to believe this, but I know that dude. And she's <laughs> like, what? I'm like, yeah. He lived, because he was, he's from, actually, I think he was born in Texas, but grew up in New Orleans, yeah. lived most yeah. of his uh, young oh, life. Oh, yeah. He in and New Richard Orleans, right? Simmons born the same day. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. Used to talk about it all the time. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that of all the places in the world, I would buy a house from not only a dude in radio, but a dude yes. that I admired and knew. Well, and you were looking for a house where you could broadcast, right? So did yeah. they steer you toward this one for that reason? No, not at all. It oh, just I had, he had a studio he did have a studio well it was empty the house was already empty mostly most of the stuff was out of it already except but, for the star of the hollywood walk well, of no, fame, he had a which few apparently things. he doesn't care about <laughs> no it was staged you know what i mean like most of his personal stuff was out but they left some furniture to stage it okay. so that potential buyers could get a feel for what it would look like but yeah the same room and in the years that i lived there i did my kevin and bean k-rock show from the same room where jay thomas had been doing his sirius xm show and we spoke on the phone a couple of times we never actually got to see each other again it just didn't work out but we had plans at some point he was going to come over but obviously tragically passed but such a weird coincidence he seemed like such a good dude too yeah, well, he did throw a water bottle at me, but he missed. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. I, I guess that's good. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> well, I don't know, why, I don't know why he did it, but uh... he was angry, angry. Well, he thought I was the company man. He thought MS Broadcasting had moved me in to spy on him and never ah, really trusted me. Gotcha. That wasn't exactly. It wasn't the case. But um, yeah, he got mad and threw the water bottle at my head. Uh, but you know, whoosh, 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 uh, radio, huh? Radio, good, yes. good times. But may he rest in peace. God bless him. But this I'll say, uh, speaking of audio fun. entertainment, this um, was super love, fun, by the way. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Uh, audio entertainment. I know you listen to audio books, and I know you listen to uh, podcasts. And even now, Audible has what they'll call a custom programming, audio programming exclusive to Audible. And you can get it by going to audibletrial.com slash show, which is another way to help uh, support this little podcast. Even if you just stick around for the free 30-day trial, you'll get one credit and you can download anything and keep it forever. Or you can stick around and get credits every month um, and download more and more stuff. And just like I think I told Catherine this, I used my credit to download the longest possible book I could find. So I would get my money's worth. (laughs) <laughs> what was it, Frank? It was an improv textbook written by uh, you know some of the guys you would recognize from um, Upright Citizens Brigade uh, in New York. So, but it was like really, really, really long, <laughs> like hours, eighteen hours. Or something. Who is it? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Like Matt Walsh, I think, was one of the improvisers. Oh in that yeah, book. great. Yeah. Who is it? And this is on the tip of my tongue because I know I've read it recently, and it made me think I was going to use your code to get Audible. There's some celebrity 
Mel Brooks. has an audible deal. Is it is it the Mel Brooks autobiography? Is that what well, it is? He well, a lot of these celebrities have read it, and that's what I, that would be my next download. The Mel Brooks autobiography, man. Right. Oh, Maybe that wow. was it then. Maybe that was it. And I thought, oh, it's time to it's time to get audible because I can't wait. For, and the book's not out yet. I guess it's coming out. It is. Sure. I, it is out. I thought now. it was. I thought it was out. Or maybe it's not out in England. I think it's out here in America. Okay. Yeah. Because that is something I definitely am dying. I mean, how many ninety five year olds write a book? I'm really excited. He's, dude's yeah, got. Tell the queen. Tell the queen to get on he, that. He, he saved up. <laughs> Until he had enough stories, that's for sure. Can't can't argue with him about uh, rushing into writing an autobiography. But yeah, that's where I'm going to use your code for Audible. I I can't wait for that. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. Uh, a couple other things that are coming up. Of course, the Akima Cabaret Friday night and Saturday night. Hope we'll see you there. I'll be my wife and I'll be at the Friday, and then Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Dr. Bill Bass and I will be at the Rose Glen Literary Festival. He'll be signing books and selling merch and talking about the dead. So you'll get to uh, see some crime scene photos and, you know, just have a good old forensic time. And that's free admission on Saturday, 10 a.m. Oh, at the Sevierville Convention Center. That is so sexy just in time for Valentine's Day weekend, too. Well, we had a show. Um, this, this show comes out, of course, the day after Valentine's. So last night, Valentine's night, uh, Dr. Bass and I were down in the cave at Cherokee Caverns for a Valentine's night with Dr. Bass. Uh, <laughs> I was kidding, but you really did. Wow. No, we really do. Yeah, we have an actual Valentine's program where he talks about uh, love-related homicides and love-related crime scenes. You know, it's kind of fun. I hope and, it's. I hope at some point he reaches into a cooler and pulls out a like a human beating heart. That would be fantastic oh, for Valentine's Day. That would. Yeah. So he he does bones, not flesh. Yeah. He's the other end of that. So he could pull out the rib cage. He could okay. show you a rib cage. <laughs> Super fun. I, right. I, I still have never been to the body farm, by the way. It's something else I want to do if I ever get back I to I drove Knoxville. you as close as I could get you. I know. But I think what you need to do, and, and your lovely wife as well, is I can take – I can set it up so we can go to lunch with Dr. Bass. I can uh-huh. introduce you to the man. We can maybe go by his house and see some of the extra skulls he has. But then but, we can <laughs> hop the fence and actually go into the body farm, I hope, no, right? No, you can't. Oh, you can't no. do that. Okay. I'll send you the interview I did with the new body farm director, uh, Dr. Donnie Stedman. Because okay. I interviewed her for PBS, and they just put that on uh, PBS Passport literally yesterday. So, you're a busy man, Frank. All right, uh, Bean. Yes, sir. Tina chat with Allie and Bean. Thank you so much for being our special guest on today's Frank and Friends show. I am uh, deeply moved and deeply touched. My pleasure. I had a great time. Bye, everybody. All right, sayonara. And uh, thanks so much for watching, listening, liking, sharing, subscribing, and all the things. Back here with Catherine Frady, probably on the next one. This is the Frank and Friends show. I'm Frank Murphy.